That is Rick Uccino. I am Kev Kellum. This is the Inside Cradle, the deepest dive weekly from Sports Kita Wrestling. We will go into some big topics. Normally, our shows are 20 to 30 minutes, right? Uh, uh, weekdays. What universe are you? What the what universe? We're always going out 90 minutes. What are you yeah. talking about? Well, Inside Cradle, we go even deeper, and we have a lot to discuss this week. The oh, unfortunate situation with Jeff Hardy. He has been unceremoniously let go from WWE. Uh, and this is at a time when we're just about to enter WrestleMania season and you're losing a big name and a big baby face. Plus, what is the future of Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano? It seems like by the day, their status with WWE is either they're sticking or they're, or they're leaving. And uh, we'll get into the most recent updates on that. Plus, moves in AEW with a memified darling that will make his wrestling debut. And everyone thinks don't he's say the... his name. Don't say his name out loud, or SP3 will pop out of nowhere and start screaming his name. <laughs> don't do it. We'll get into all this. So much more. Uh, he has Rick has some rants about specific people on Monday Night Raw that we're going to share. All right, ranting all right. will be heard. It will be seen. It will be felt. This is the Inside Cradle. Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! I don't, I don't want to rant. I don't want, I, I mean, I could, I've, I've been, I've been, I've been pushed off the cliff before, but I, I just have questions. That's all. I have questions. You're going to rant. Yeah. Probably. Yes. All right. So let's get into our lead off story. Uh, I did do breaking news about this while I was on the radio. An unfortunate scenario uh, has played you out. Double dipping son of a no, I'm dude come on it's all that people are talking about right <laughs> so uh we gotta get into this jeff hardy has been reportedly released by wwe at this time while we're taping this uh he has not put out a st statement and neither has the wwe made an official statement though the source in this is quite reliable sean rasep the the king of scoops millennial melter himself has reported this news and adding to it uh this plays into stuff that happened this past weekend where jeff was on a show with wwe live event in yep. edinburgh texas he's in a six-man main event looks very very sluggish in the ring uh, at one point is laying down in the apron when he's not active in the match uh, and at one point gets out of the off the apron and tries to make his way through the crowd and then security helps him get backstage and he's no longer on the next night's wb live event on that loop of the tour replaced by Rey mysterio so jeff hardy today reportedly released by the company sap adding to this that he was offered rehabilitative treatment but denied it uh, and then he was released for for that for that kind of correspondence I, I mean if you're a wrestling fan of any you know around 10 years you know jeff hardy's had a history of substance abuse problems which have uh, forced him to be in certain states of non-health and have affected his career in wwe and of course obviously in tna impact wrestling the uh, awful moment 2011 with him and sting in a match where he shouldn't clearly shouldn't even been in the ring and that was the main event of a pay-per-view that people paid money for. Uh, and this was a six-man match where you, it was noticeable. Something was wrong. Uh, but before yeah, we, 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 saw the, we saw the clips of, because uh, uh, he was teaming with uh, Drew McIntyre and Xavier Woods, and we saw the clip of Drew standing in the ring after they had won the match, and he's like starting to do the Jeff Hardy dance, and he's like, where where did Jeff go? You know, where where is Jeff? So obviously this was uh, uh, something that, was not planned. It was uh, it was altered. Um, got to catch a little bit of uh, Sean Rossap's report today. Uh, no confirmation that Jeff was under the influence uh, mm -hmm. during this match. So very important to get that out there. That there is no confirmation that he was under the influence of any substance or alcohol in this match, um, at least at this time. 
Uh, but clearly something was off. And that's the best way to describe it is that, you know, Jeff in the middle of a match, for whatever reason, decided to get up, go into the crowd uh, and, you know, start taking photos and this, that, and the other thing. And security helped to the back and he, he basically uh, le- left the area. So uh, obviously something something is going on um, with 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 Jeff right now. And, you know, I the thing that bothers me about this is like I see people on on social media who are like celebrating when he got released like oh yeah man he's gonna he can go to aw now man he can reunite with matt this is gonna be awesome it's like guys stop pump the brakes on all of that i don't care if jeff hardy ever gets in another ring again i don't i really don't i want jeff to be okay whatever is going on with him personally mentally you know uh, having an addiction is a bitch All right. This is something that you will always constantly fight throughout your life. It can sneak up on you at any time. So I just want Jeff to be okay. That's first and foremost. He's been released by WWE. It sucks, especially for those of us who who grew up watching Jeff. Jeff's one of my guys. I've I've Mm -hmm. told this story a million times. I grew up watching him and Edge and Christian and Matt Hardy and the Dudleys and that whole area watching these guys uh, blossom. Uh, into main event level superstars. One of the best days of my life as a young wrestling fan is when Jeff Hardy won that WWE championship finally for the first time. Um, You know, I, I popped just like everybody else did when they came back at WrestleMania and the roof blew off the joint, right? Like we all love Jeff Hardy. He's an icon in this industry and we appreciate everything that he's done uh, in this business. I don't care if he ever wrestles again. I just want him to be okay first and foremost. So I don't, I don't want to see AEW pick him up in a month or two or next week or whatever. I don't want him to sign anywhere until he's, he's fine. and He's good to go. And we've heard from Matt Hardy that says, you know, it was Matt Hardy said before his release that he's good. Relatively speaking, I don't know what that means that, uh, you know, good for Jeff Hardy may not necessarily be good. You know, we, we don't know, but obviously there's something going on. He's no longer with WWE. It's a shit situation all around. And yeah, there really shouldn't be any kind of celebrating at all. Uh, uh, Jeff has an issue to statement. Obviously, WWE hasn't put one out yet, but his wife has. Uh, Beth Hardy tweeting out the following. Jeff is good. We are good. Post that you, quote, heard that. Thanks. Peace sign. Uh, so, I mean, fairly informative, but uh, not revealing much there. Yeah. Uh, and and that kind of follows up a lot of different things here. I mean, uh, the, the thing worth noting here is uh, we'll, we'll take Sapp at his word on this report that uh, WWE was concerned, rightfully concerned. You know, yeah. there's no there's no way to spin this. And I know the speculation is all uh, relapse and all these different things. We don't know, as, as you already stated, but uh, something is worth noting and why I think WWE you can't blast WWE for this. This isn't like those other releases this year, you know, um, because you had a guy who's in a six man match. All right. So that's five other people. All right. That he's performing with yeah. in a ring wrestling. Okay. Something he's done for a very, very long, long time. Uh, but he is in no state to perform. And that's kind of obvious. Now, if he got in the ring and he's got to put someone up for a move and he's not all there, what happens? Yeah, you know, what that's, happens? That's a problem. Uh, and you have somebody then who becomes a liability uh, and you have to reevaluate that person's status performing with you and then reevaluate their health. You know, it's worth noting he was thankfully out of that match and not in a situation where 
had to get on the top rope, you know, had to put someone up on a top rope, had to dive through the ropes. Nothing like that. Yeah, he did. He, did, he didn't do much in this match. No, at all. Thankfully, if something was indeed off, which many believe it, it, it was, there was something off with Jeff Hardy then. So you have that happen. And I think rushing to the conclusion that he's going to go anywhere else is silly. And, and just that should not, not be, you're that, not treating not, him like a person. You're treating him like a name on a screen. You know? Right. That's, that's not the conversation surrounding Jeff Hardy today. Um, again, I, I hope he's all right. I hope he gets the help he needs. I hope that he is able to battle these demons that he has internally. Um, you know, addiction. We we all have our our vices and our demons and things. That who, maybe there's a whole other issue here that we're not aware. It, of. Exactly, there could be. Very very well could be. Um, and it, it could be a massive miscommunication. And he's like, no, that wasn't the problem. You know. Uh, and it's worth noting, WWE still drug testing people. You know, how frequently they do that isn't clear. You know, and when they do that isn't clear. But they do it pretty aggressively. I can tell you that from talking to people at Russell for them. <laughs> Uh, and so, you know, Jeff probably had a battery of different tests in the last few months. Did he have one that day? You know, that's that's not clear. But it's sad because, you know, he was in such a uh, brighter, more um, on grasp of where he was in life and professionally, uh, despite even Matt being out of the picture and leaving for all. And he was still also, you know, it's worth noting, like this guy was getting huge pops, huge reactions recently oh. on WWE. And and if you would have told me he was in a title program in the next few months with Roman Reigns, would have made complete sense. And I think that's where everybody wanted it to go. I mean, if you look, even going back, I think he was in a dark match maybe um, when I was at Raw in Cincinnati or it was (laughs) Cleveland. Uh, I can't remember. I was at three different shows this year in three different cities where Jeff Hardy was on the card. And that guy was over loudest pops of the night period i was at extreme rules when he was fighting for the united states championship that crowd in columbus wanted him to win that championship that night they did damian priest he wasn't the guy that was over in that match it was jeff hardy there were when you look at the landscape of smackdown after the draft people were looking at that roster going okay well somebody's got to fight roman reigns they don't have a lot of high-level baby faces, and that's uh, especially on Friday night. And that's that's the issue for WWE here. Is you had a guy that you could call on at any time and step in, a guy who had equity, a guy who's a legend in the business, a former WWE champion, a guy that you could build up real quick, no questions asked. Fans would have been behind him, would have been some of the loudest pops of the night. You could have done a ladder match. You could have recreated his big match with the Undertaker. That's what I was hoping this was leading toward. Mm-hmm. WWE doesn't have that anymore. They just lost their most over babyface male superstar on SmackDown. Arguably the only one they have left. They have Drew. They have babyface Brock. That's it. So that's the angle from WWE at this point. But I don't. I don't blame them. I do really not, thin now. I do not blame them for doing this. No, I don't either. You know, I think. I think when you look at that, especially when you see the video, something's wrong. And then if if it's true, he turned down rehab and they wanted to do something. And he said, no, that's not good either. You know, and there's, you know, and but, I, that's a that's surface level speculation, too. Right. This this is this is not me harping on WWE for making this move. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have made the move. This release in and of itself is is understandable, justified. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as in comparison to the other 200 plus talent that they let go over the last two years. Two different stories. Two completely different stories. And now WWE has really put themselves in a bind. And I don't think they they realize it because what Kevin, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What happens if Roman Reigns, God forbid, gets hurt next week? What do you do on SmackDown? But isn't that the isn't that the circumstances you're playing with? You know, I mean, that's any wrestling show. That's any sports team. That's any you know thing. That's that's that that's the dice you got to roll as a company, too. You know, I mean, I get it, but they literally they put all of their other main event level talent outside of Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar on raw. And then a lot of head scratching releases this year. Maybe the somebody Wyatt's maybe someone gets traded crosses the key. Maybe lead. there's some, you know, maybe there's some move here. I, I addressed this earlier today with Sid. Uh, I want to know what spots open up now. Who, who gets to get more of a shine here? Who gets to, who benefits from this circumstantially? I, I think we can talk about that. You know, and I, I would they, say the name that comes to mind is Ricochet in terms of just a high flying baby face that people can get behind that, you know, can put on a thrilling match and has, as you said, equity. Ricochet has that. Not not as much as Jeff Hardy. Not claiming that at all. Yeah. Um, but he could do some really special things. I think someone like him could really benefit from that. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura is on TV a lot, but he's he's treated as kind of like, uh, you know, with Rick Boogs, a comedic character in the mid card. He's holding the Intercontinental title. Um, you know, there's a lot of different people who are uh, north of 30, 35, who they could do some things with. If you want that veteran, high-ranking mid-card babyface, which, by the way, good good spot. You know, everyone, everyone's like, oh, you're at the bottom or you're at the top. You know, up near the middle, not a bad spot to be in in WWE. Also, Jeff Hardy leaving WWE during the most profitable time to be a WWE wrestler from, uh, you know, late December, you know, right up through WrestleMania season. You're making your money. You know, you're selling your merch, you're doing your appearances, you're doing all those extra marketing things where people make money, your live event money is, is worth more, your pay-per-view spots are worth more, you know, you're one of the 30 guys that gets to be in the uh, the Royal Rumble, get a nice little check there, you know, you get to be in a even a mid-card match on one of the nights of WrestleMania, you get a good check there. So, there, you know, there's a hit here on both sides. I, I think the guy that makes a ton of sense that you can move over Monday Night Raw that you're really not doing a whole lot with and immediately make an impact on SmackDown is AJ Styles. I think that is the guy you they already teased mm-hmm. a split with Omos this past week on Monday. I know he's had some issues with working on Friday nights in the past, uh, but man, I'll tell you what, you promise him a program with Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns who might, might, uh, need a challenger at WrestleMania, depending on how far this thing with Brock goes. He's a guy that could step in right away and still has a main event run in him. He has really kind of been just chilling on the sidelines on Raw, especially because they've they've been using him to build up Omos, which I, I, I completely understand. I mean, think about this. Anytime AJ and Omos have lost, it's AJ who's eating the pin. That's the really weird thing about all of this. It's like, he's the, remember Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax as a team? He's Shayna Baszler of this team. This is AJ Styles, former WWE champion. He could instantly come over and feud with Roman Reigns, and that would be a WrestleMania match that I think people would be excited to see. That's a guy, right off the bat, I would have no problem if they turned into a babyface and moved him over Friday nights. And I think that would that would plug a massive, massive hole uh, for SmackDown now. Because again, this this roster for Friday nights, let me just pull it up. It's thin, man. 
I don't think people realize how thin it is. They've already done Roman and Cesaro, and Cesaro's kind of fallen down into his role. You got Drew McIntyre, all right? I've, I've talked about Drew. I've talked mm-hmm. to Drew about battling Roman, and he's like, look, that's something I don't want to rush into, and I don't think it's something the WWE wants to rush into either. King Woods, they had an opportunity there, but they decided to bypass that to go right into Brock. Uh, so it looks like they, again, they're putting the new day with the Usos, so that shows you that they don't really plan on having Kofi or Woods or anybody else challenge Roman Reigns after that. You you brought up Ricochet. They burned Sami Zayn in about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's still some story there. Sami Zayn serves a role. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he yeah. serves a, he, 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 Sami Zayn, his role is not to be a world beater. His his role is to be the guy who stirs a pot and aggravates you and then someone beats him up. He, Which, by the way, means you're on television a lot. Yeah, he's you great. know what I mean? He's great. His contract's also up in a couple months. Uh, so there, there's that caveat to it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a guy that could very easily be booked as a great baby face. And in that Daniel Bryan role, that mm-hmm. fantastic technical wrestler, the, the ultimate underdog who finds a way to topple the, the, the giants of the world, he could be booked in that role mm-hmm. and, and, and thrive very, very well at it. But for whatever reason, they don't want to go there. Your other options that you got, and remember, uh, that uh, Roman's a, a heel, so this isn't really going to work out. Sheamus, former WWE champion, that kind of makes some sense. Gender, former WWE champion, that kind of makes some sense. But neither one of those guys appear to be anywhere close to being booked in that kind of a role. And again, it doesn't make sense uh, going up against uh, Roman right now unless you do a double turn eventually with him and Brock. So the only other guy you got is Shinsuke Nakamura. The bench is not deep as far as challenges are concerned. And that's why we're getting Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at day one, and we're probably going to get Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and then after that, I don't know. At this point, if Brock's not the one to take the title off of him, who's going to take the title off of him? It might be Braun Breaker for all we know. A lot could change between WrestleMania and right now. That's very true. Very, very true. Uh, So let's get right into it. The topic right now, the big update, Reigns versus Lesnar. Now, this was a big build match a couple of years ago, and then it kind of ran its course. But the roles are completely different. You're getting a completely different Roman Reigns, probably the most over villain in all of professional wrestling. Sorry, all eight wrestling fans. (laughs) You guys cheer your villains. (laughs) That's a different thing. We're talking about. You know what? You know what, though? People cheer Roman Reigns out, too, though. I loved mjf getting cheered in long island sure sure i get it yeah that was like, such it's, a it's, fun, it's, Brett. it's such a fun reversal yeah. it was great to see mjf's face light up and get he was still a he's still an asshole but mm-hmm. he was long island's asshole you know like i get where punk was coming from that a lot of islanders references last night but i get the sports analogy he was talking about with uh with, with dennis rodman punk last night i get it because I went through it with Vontez Perfect in Cincinnati for the Bengals, man. Like, he was a dirty piece of shit player. But damn it, for four years, he was one of the best middle linebackers in football, and he was on my team. So he was my guy. And then the second that he got cut, I was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> oh, I get it. I understand it. And it made a ton of sense. And that was a really, really fun open last night. And I talked about you know, with AEW, how I really, really admire that they they don't have guys like MJF go out there and shit all over their hometown just because it's the heel thing to do. It's okay to blur the lines every once in a while. Um, and I thought that was really, really fun to see. Let me reel you back. Punk reverse Let me reel you back here. Brock yeah. versus Reigns. This is the match at day one. This will go down in Atlanta, Georgia. 
uh, WWE trying to position this show as a new big annual event uh, and do it the weekend of new, do it on New Year's Day, yeah. which I think is a very clever, keen, smart move. New Year's Day is it's a holiday, but it's not like a big holiday. You know, you know, everyone's off. What's on TV? You got to have something momentous on television. And they're going to kind of jump into that space with a demand that isn't being filled in the eyes of some people with something special. Some people, but I mean, they got bowl games, right? But there's a bunch of bowl games. That's a big thing. New Year's Six Bowl. That's that's what New Year's Day is known for. It's known for college football. And this is typically for WWE, not something that they try to compete with, which is football. But this is a perfect pivot to those things because a lot of those games, and you know this from following sports, a lot of those games, outside of a handful of bowl games, they don't mean a whole lot. They're just kind of like show-offs for people that play college football this year, and maybe they get a look uh, at scouting and all those different things and it has a big sponsor on it, and there's no real consequence to it. Yeah, right? and that and that's the thing. They're the Survivor the sem- Series of college sports. That's what they are. Because the semifinals for the college football playoffs, which is something I'm watching uh, very uh, intently as a sure. UC Bearcats fan. Um, those mean more than like yeah, the Tostitos Bowl. Those are New Year's Eve. Those are the day before day yeah. one, which is weird. If those were on on New Year's Day and sometime soon, they no, might be. Would, would not want to run. Would not want to run. Would not want to run it up again. So that's it's it, it's very, very interesting. Now, do the bowl games do such great numbers because there's nothing else on? They have no other competition. Like the Thanksgiving Day games. Like Jesus Criminy. 30, 40 well, we million had, people watching Detroit, those games. We had the Detroit Lions and freaking Chicago Bears. You know, as a Bears fan, how bad that matchup was. But yeah. every TV in America had that two million on. people watched that game. Thirty we're million. And WWE is not going to get three sixteen and one. No. So so WWE is not going to get like thirty million people to watch this on Peacock. But no, no, if no. they get if they get anything near what they are capable of doing, that's really good. You know, and it's a very good pivot here. Now, Lanes, Reigns, and Lesnar. For that mainstream play, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. And everyone who's saying, oh, I've already seen it. You just did it at Crown Jewel. And Roman snuck by. That's what Roman does. The payoff's going to be at WrestleMania. So I do think that is the bad part is this seems like a predictable outcome. Uh, but does WWE do something crazy and take the belt off Roman Reigns before the big payoff that everyone thinks is going to happen at WrestleMania? Or do they do it at day one and uh, kind of really throw things on their head here and put the title back on Brock? That was my thought process was we get, we finally get that Heyman turn at day one and he helps Brock win the title. And maybe we nearly did it at crown jewel when they did this. We get a double flip, but here's the thing, man. Brock is so good as a baby face Brock, what Brock Lesnar did with Sammy Zayn, as much as I love Sammy and want to see him be that baby face underdog who, who wrestles banger matches. He got like obliterated on on Friday, but it was hilarious. Brock Lesnar putting his arm around Sammy and looking up to think about it, kid. We you could go far, you know, doing that whole routine and everything. He was hilarious. I'm sitting here going, we got bouncing up and down Brock with Paul Heyman talking for 10 years and we could have had this MFR like this guy gets it. I understand this guy's entertaining. 
He's more than just looking mean and suplexes and F5s. This is mm -hmm. a guy with personality. He's still a badass. He's still an asshole, but he's he's showing us a different side of his personality, his 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 comedy. Great. Not cheesy comedy, not getting hit in the face with a pie comedy, but I'm going to play you. I'm going to whoop your ass later, but I'm going to have some fun before I do it. He was teasing with Sami Zayn like a like a cat to a mouse. <laughs> He saw him as a meal that he was about to devour, but he's like, first, I'm going to bat you around the living room for a while. It was so fun. I don't want to see a double turn. I don't want Brock Lesnar to go back to being oh, mean mug, jumping up and down, and let Paul Heyman just go, Brock Lesnar, and the crowd, you know, boo. I, I, I don't go back to that. So I don't know if Heyman becomes a babyface if that happens. I'm not sure. If they do a double turn or they just have Brock win the damn belt. Either way, it's a way to keep this going because Roman Reigns cheating again to beat Brock Lesnar at day one to continue this on to, to WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people are going to get into that. You, you think it's too long in the tooth. You got to get, it's going to get too long in the tooth. You got to do something, but you don't have anything else. You really don't. Other than Drew McIntyre, you really don't have any other options at this point. You have not built up anybody else to challenge Roman Reigns unless you move an AJ Styles over. If AJ Styles wins the Royal Rumble this year, that would make a ton of sense. AJ Styles wins the Royal Rumble, and then he goes on to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Boom. Someone's getting Fine. a rocket tied to their back with the Royal Rumble this year. I, I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Someone. Unless, it, unless, unless it's Brock or Roman, which again would be, I think, a lazy choice. You're looking, you're looking at a, a field of superstars where somebody needs an elevation. I think a guy like Damian Priest makes a lot of sense to be the Royal Rumble winner this year, depending on who he challenges, depending on who's the WWE champion or universal champion heading into wrestling. It still makes sense to do Brock versus Lesnar at, at January 1st. For me, it still makes sense. It does. Um, WrestleMania to a degree sort of sells itself because it's mania, right? I, I hate, but I, here's the I thing. Don't, I don't like that either. I don't like that I, either. I don't like that. And that yeah. was the report that I, I believe it was Dave Meltzer who said it, which is why they put it at day one, is because, oh, well, the Royal Rumble sells itself. That was their mindset with Survivor Series this year, and Survivor Series was, for the most part, not good. It just, it, they, like, they put no effort into that, and that's the problem. If these are your big four pillars your big four pay-per-views, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you just sit back and say, oh, well, these events sell themselves. But my thing is, I think they're putting they're clearly putting more effort into this day one show in terms of promotion, in terms of creative, oh, they, in terms day of... Day one card looks great. Yeah, I mean, you got, a, you got a big triple threat with what could be Kevin Owens' last big match with WWE. So there's, there's some things they're putting on here that look valuable on paper. Let's yeah. get into this. Other people that have value to WWE on paper. Very emotional nights on WWE NXT and War Games. Uh, this week, and it played out in the scenario that we've seen kind of develop here for weeks. Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, one of the pillars of the NXT brand for WWE, as have gone through this big transition, is still with them. He's helped uh, bring some superstars along, including Austin Theory, who's now featured on Monday Night Raw, Dexter Loomis, Indy Hartwell. Uh, and on top of this, him and his wife, Candice LeRae, still signed with WWE, uh, are having a baby, and they'll have a baby in February. Um, Johnny Gargano gets to close out this week's NXT with an emotional promo that kind of alludes to him leaving. And then on top of the, if Kyle Riley, his tag team partner, turns on him, Von Wagner, the man who has a Neanderthal hat, uh, forehead. Uh, I, I've been compared to that. As someone who has a big that, forehead. I can that see looks that. like Mo Sislak. Yes, he has a most. He looks like most of his lack with muscles. Yeah, and so so Von 
Von Mo Wagner there is oh, uh, Von beat, Wagner uh, oh, beats Von up Kyle O'Reilly in a cage, right? And slams the door on him. And Gargano is about to kind of tell you a little bit more about what he's going to do. And then, you know, Grayson Waller runs in the ring and hits him with a chair and puts him through a table. And so both guys get sort of written off, but certainly there's something that could be written back into the show. Yeah. So everyone, you know, yeah, depends on how you want to take this. I, now I this follows was, up uh, recently. A really good way, real quick. I think it was yeah. a really good way for them to hedge their bets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Really, really strong way to hedge. Yeah. Your bets. And it's a perfect way for them to hedge your bets too, by the way. So at this point, what we know now is that neither guy has signed a new deal with WWE. They have right. both been offered multi-year deals at a time when people are getting let go from WWE. WWE says, no, these guys are valuable. Furthermore, word I've heard from people who are involved in wrestling and know Johnny Gargano know that there are aspirations from his camp to have a life in wrestling beyond performing in the ring. And that role would possibly be as a producer or some type of trainer. And there is an infrastructure that WWE has to do that. That maybe isn't as present uh, in a competing source. There are roles like that. Now, obviously, obviously everyone's thinking these guys are going to all elite wrestling. Both these guys have to be going to all elite wrestling. That's a rush to there are people who are cheering for them to go to all elite wrestling. Like they, it's like, Oh, thank God. Get the hell out of WWE. It's like, Again, it's the tribalism thing, but I like mm-hmm. I've seen people in, in I've seen people in media who who bitch about WWE and like sit here and say you need to be better, you need to get better, you need to try to be better, and then like these contracts come up with these superstars, and they're like, get the hell out of there, just get the hell out of there. It's like, do you want WWE to be better or do you not? Like, what or are you just biased? You know, like like uh, so when you have that take here, and I'm talking, uh, if it feels like I'm calling out another podcast here, I probably am. Uh, there are some outlets that certainly love themselves to beat the drum. A beat that doesn't get old is is just put on blinders and say WWE sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing and just rush into it. And this is a situation where that's really happened because also NXT has gone through a lot of different changes, yeah. which are risky. And they're big changes to change that brand and make it into something that creates WrestleMania main eventers in the I, and, and that's the thing and that's the thing I think a lot of people have problems with is that they loved NXT so much and NXT was its own brand but NXT 2.0 is not about building the brand anymore it, it's about it's creating superstars it's about creating the next crop of young superstars and as much which as is what were, NXT was supposed to be the entire time correct yeah. so now they've gotten back to doing that mm-hmm. to to be the farm system for Monday Night Raw and for um, for Friday Night SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And look, to, to some of these guys' credit, like it became on equal footing with Raw and SmackDown because it got so good. Because you had people like Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole that and were so fast- different. And it's presented yeah, as such different. a different show, you know? Right. And it was uh, like it, the dark night of wrestling. Like it was dank. It looked like that bingo hall type, you know, atmosphere. I also think and- of everything in WWE, NXT suffered the most because of the pandemic. They got stuck as the having the smallest budget production wise. Sure. They got stuck inside a soundstage, right? So they got limited by that. They had to really go into the, the full gallop of the Wednesday Night Wars with that. And then you have AEW running these arenas, spending all this extra money on their production. It looks different. It looks bigger. So how is WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world, getting out? I'm not saying outproduced, just outproduced, you know, in terms of like yeah. the look, the feel, all those different things. So you have Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly who weather through the storm. Other people leave. Their deals are up. Here's the latest word. Wrestling Observer, Big Papa Dave Meltzer saying, you know, the word was that they're both out of there. You know, they're both they're both gone. 
and they haven't signed new deals. Now, it's worth noting Gargano signed a short-term extension to work war games, which people thought was him doing something in good faith to WWE. Kyle O'Reilly, his deal was just up at a certain time. Now they both cut these promos and have the send-off on camera in front of people, not on television, uh, after they cut all the angles and different stuff like that. They're embracing each other. Tommaso Ciampa is posing with Gargano in the ring. Heartbreak Kid is kissing both of them on the head. You know, this is the big send-off, an emotional thing. This is counteractive to something else. Meltzer says some people in WWE are of the thought that those guys aren't going anywhere, that they're going to be with the company for some time or could possibly sign a new deal later on in the future. It's worth noting Gargano is going to have this child here in February. So I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. Uh, and Gargano going on the record, even after last night, I still can't put everything I'd like to say into words right now. Just know that I appreciate you all more than uh, I can ever really express Hope I made you proud. Kyle O'Reilly tweeting out, truly overwhelmed by all the love and heartfelt messages. By no means does this mean goodbye. Just means smile you later. Great. Simpsons second, reference. Second, second Simpsons reference to the show. Uh, yeah. But look, to me, especially with, with Johnny Gargano's uh, promo, that to me anyway, and I don't know shit. All right. I'm not an insider. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be. That, to me, sounded like a goodbye to NXT, not WWE. Bingo. NXT, is, 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 it's, not what I, it's not what Johnny Gargano built. It's a completely different show. And it's not even a cohesive show. Like, people talk about how the show is bad. And to a certain point, I, I agree with you because the show just, it seems random. It seems like a bunch of shit thrown together and thrown against the wall. And that's the point. It's not about creating a cohesive show or making it for you know like the nxt of the past it's about putting these superstars out there to work on their gimmicks work on their craft get better and see who becomes a massive star and it's already working you're already seeing the fruits of that labor with the likes of braun breaker uh with the likes of cameron grimes who is in uh, a a nice spotlight now uh la knight is really getting over uh in nxt tony d'angelo Everybody loves the guy, all right? So it, it's already working to a certain extent. Everybody's already pegged Braun Breaker as the next can't-miss prospect, and I agree. I think that guy's going to be up on the main roster. I'd bring him up today. I'd put him up. Uh, I'd have him go into the Royal Rumble and end up on freaking Friday Night SmackDown right now. He'd probably be your top baby face in a heartbeat. He's ready. He's 24. He's young. He's an effing Steiner. He's 24. He's not- Yes, if he's not, he's been wrestling since June. <laughs> if this guy ain't the next Randy Orton, I don't know who is. And I don't know Randy Orton as in a sense of the same style as Randy Orton, because clearly that's not the case. But the same pedigree as Randy Orton. Like, this this guy's a freaking home run. That's the point of the show, is to build the next generation of young stars. And Johnny Gargano sees that. He sees that this isn't the NXT that he built. He sees that this isn't the NXT of old. And that's what he said. All good things must come to an end. Yes, that NXT, the golden black brand, that had a fantastic run, and we're all going to miss it. Mm -hmm. And that's why people hate NXT 2.0 is because it's not NXT 1.0. But look, WWE, they told you. It's, It's the next wave. And Johnny knows that. So he's always been about NXT. He is NXT. He's one of he's the heart and soul of NXT. Well, that NXT doesn't exist anymore. So that was him saying goodbye. To NXT. Yeah. Could he go to AEW? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think he's made up his mind yet. No. Again, I don't know that for sure. But that sounded like a guy who had not made up his mind yet. 
It could very, I, I also, like I've said this before when any, anyone's contract comes up and I'll say this with Kevin Owens. I, I, I mean, obviously everyone's like, Oh, it's creative freedom. It's all these different things, but I don't think it's the, the best scenario for everyone to go there. It yeah. just isn't. Yeah. Cause then also, then you just become, all right, well, we're just going to become an, another, it's a surface level observation. You know, we just become another version of WWE. Look, we let everyone do whatever they want. Right. Um, but there's no way you do that. And a big name doesn't fall through the cracks and doesn't feel as big as they were. Uh, Cause the wheel at AEW spins real hard. Like just as you see it now. And I, I don't, I don't think people like that. They're starting to see it now where it's, it's starting to turn some people out. You know, you're starting to see some people that came in there when they came in in 2019 that are not a part of the picture, that are not big players, that are not involved in in any ongoing storyline. And if I told you a Brian Cage, former Impact World Champion, who came there with the world behind him and was featured with John Moxley right away, was let go by AEW or left the company, you'd be like, oh, okay. You know, like Joey Janela came in there, was a part of the big press conference with Chris Jericho the night they announced it. If he was let go, you'd be like, okay, sunny kiss. Supposed to be this great, wonderful, inclusive character that's going to be the first real uh, presented serious gay male professional wrestler on television. That that was something you fans were hoping for. Hasn't happened, you know. And that those are just a handful of things. Awesome Kong health stuff, right? I'm not putting it on AEW. I'm not doing that. But this is the churn. I don't think the churn is something that Gargano wants to hop into a company. Oh, I have friends there. But what is the company like, you know? So, I mean, that's worth noting here. On top of that, I think Gargano could could go to WWE on Raw or SmackDown and have some fresh matchups and do some big, big things. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, though, I'm more inclined to think that All Elite Wrestling is where he wants to be in yeah. terms of the style, the presentation, uh, different things like that. Gargano has evolved into more of a sports entertainment player who can give you the the work rate, can give you the five-star Gargano is one of the most entertaining guys in WWE. Mm-hmm. They just they just got to trust him and let him be him. And now, whether mm-hmm. or not they'll do that on the main roster, that remains to be seen. Uh, because that that seems to be the biggest issue with with WWE is and we could be wrong. They, they could show up in all the wrestling in a few weeks. You know how they could have showed up last night? Well, actually, I think their contracts expire in a couple of days. They could be at Winter's Coming next week. <clears throat> they really could yeah. be. Um. Really looking forward to that. We'll recap that. And uh, you know, week. any any all elite mark is just frothing at the mouth just to have the moment and the payoff. But as as they start to have more people jump, and this is the pressure that all elite has created for themselves. This is a good this is a good problem to have. Is how many hot debuts can you do and keep the momentum? You know, keep the momentum. You naturally have to cool some guys down. You know, you and naturally have it. to do it. We've seen it with Andrade. We've seen it with. Uh, Malachi literally he, he got a little hot last week he got put through fire but that's a whole other uh we we've seen it with Christian uh Christian seems to be more of a, a managerial type uh with with you know Jurassic Express and that's fine Matt Hardy Matt Hardy yeah man uh there's a lot of these guys that they brought in and then all of a sudden yeah now they're they're, they're down on the the lower end of the card mm-hmm. if I had to bet if I had to bet a meaningful amount of money to me I'd say Kyle O'Reilly ends up going to AEW. He'll join up with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and they'll have a mini, you know, Undisputed Era, all, you know, super click group thing going on there. And that'd be fine. But I think Johnny Gargano's coming back. I really do. I get the feeling that Gargano's coming back to WWE. 
maybe he goes into NXT for a little bit, but I think sooner rather than later, he's going to end up on the main roster. I really, really do. And I could be completely wrong and end up putting my foot in my mouth in a week uh, or two. I don't think we're going to see him back. I don't think we're going to see him back until maybe the night after WrestleMania. Perfect time to come back. February 4th. Perfect time. Show up. Show up on Raw. Maybe maybe after Roman Reigns retains the Universal title or Big E retains the WWE Championship, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I need a new challenger. There you go. There's Johnny Gargano showing up. So, All right, Rick. Are you ready to rant, Rick? Uh, I don't know if I have it in me today, but yeah, go ahead. Try to piss me off. <laughs> all right. This week, Rick's rant <laughs> is on. Someone he's interviewed, someone he's fond of the character. All right. It's a completely biased take here. <laughs> Rick, get ready to rant. You don't know what you're ranting about, but I'm going to put it on screen. And I know you have a take on it. This is, this is an unprepared. I'm going to put you on the spot and you're going to go off. Rick's rant this week. Nikki Ash. Tell me about Nikki Ash. Spelled her name wrong. Well, I'm typing it quickly. Tell me about Nikki Ash. <laughs> That's what I'm going to rant on. And I, I yeah, I don't know what the hell they're doing with her. It, it, it's it's kind of mind-boggling what they've done over the last several weeks. You know, we've heard her get dogged on commentary, which I know Corey Graves has taken some heat for mm -hmm. stuff he said, but it, mm -hmm. it, it's a character, all right? Mm -hmm. it, it is a character. People do have to recognize that he is playing that that Jerry Lawler role. Speaking of Jerry Lawler, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, you know, he's he, she's getting put down on commentary. She's being talked about as the weak link to Rhea Ripley. Anytime they lose as a tag team, it's Nikki A.S.H. who's getting pinned. Hell, she's getting pinned inside of two, three minutes uh, to superstars that she was beating months ago. By the mm. way, let's not forget, she was your Raw Women's Champion heading into Survive uh, SummerSlam. Had a fantastic match at SummerSlam. Had some really, really great matches. Doing some of her best work ever heading into Raw, or heading into uh, SummerSlam on Monday Night Raw as the Raw Women's Champion has this really fun character that you could be doing a lot of really interesting things with, a lot of fun, quirky things with, you know, like Hurricane Helms used to do back in the day. I'm not saying you she has to be Hurricane Helms, but that's a fun character. There's a lot of avenues, especially merchandise opportunities with a character like that in today's comic book loving world. There's so many great things you could be doing interesting dynamics and exploring with with nikki and, and and Rhea, and instead over the last few months they put the tag titles on them they split up the entire division they don't have anybody to defend against they park them on the bench and watch john morrison meditate for three straight weeks then they they shuffle the rosters up they they put carmella and and queen Zelina together their first challenge is a tag team and they immediately drop the belts to them and then nikki loses again and she loses again and she loses again and she loses again and now this week I'm supposed to believe that some mid-20s, early 30s fangirl backstage is swooning over Jerry effing Lawler and has no clue who Nikki A.S.H. is. I'm supposed to believe that. And now the report out of Dave Meltzer is, oh, well, they're making her lose and, and they're dogging her and this, that, and the other thing to build up sympathy. They want you to feel sorry for me. Mm -hmm. They want you to feel really sorry for Nikki. And I'm going sitting back here going, fuck that. Pardon my French. But fuck that. Why do we do this? Why Why are you? Is it because she's five foot tall? 
Like what what is it? Is it because she's smaller than some of her other competition? I know I know WWE Creative, namely Vince, loves the you know, bigger the better, you know, with the superstars. I understand that. But in a bubble, Nikki ASH is one of the most talented women you have on the roster, in the ring, on the microphone. She's a bubbly personality. People love her already. Just let her flourish with the character. Do some fun stuff. Have her running around backstage actually trying to fight crime. Do something quirky that could get... Let her showcase her personality. Why are you just taking a massive shit on her to build sympathy? They've done this for years with characters, and it hardly ever works. It just tells the audience that you don't give a shit about the characters. Why? Doesn't make any sense to me. There's my mini rant. I love Nikki so much. She's so damn talented. She deserves to be, she deserves better than this. Well, we're constantly going to make her lose and we're going to belittle her on TV. Yeah. What are you going to do next week? Are, are you going to have somebody just dump oatmeal on her head? Like, what mm-hmm. are you going to do? I challenge both of you, uh, both of you that are watching right now. Yes, both of you. <laughs> Uh, to hit up Rick and I on the social medias, you can follow him at Rick Uccino on Twitter. You can follow me at Kev Kellum, K-E-V-K-E-L-L-A-M. And, and tell us who you want to see pushed more in WWE and AEW, especially going into the big playoff season that is WrestleMania this time of year. Who do you want to see pushed more? Let us know, and we'll retweet your best comments here. So definitely hit us up here uh, and uh, so, you know, spread the word. If you've listened to us for 45 minutes, clearly you're enjoying yourself, right? So why don't you uh, share the link so you don't stink? Here. Let's you get another big match. I know you I have real little... quick, real quick. You know what I'd love to see with Nikki Cross? I would love, like, first off, they should still be tag team champions, right? I would love to see her trying to bring along Rhea Ripley as her sidekick. Like, that's what, that's the angle that you should be taking here. If you want to take this, oh, instead of just flat out saying that Nikki's weaker than Ripley and you know Ripley's so much better and she's so much more she's so beyond the class of Nikki Cross instead of doing that why don't you do something fun where Nikki is trying to get Rhea to be an almost superhero with her to hide her identity to wear some kind of of crazy uh costume like and backstage she's like she's got like a uh you know, Rhea's like five foot six or whatever. She looks like she's eight foot tall next to uh, Rhea Rip, uh, next to Nikki. But Nikki's got this this costume for her. And she's like, I thought we could wear it down to the ring. And she's getting all, you know, giddy. And she's like, let's go fight these evildoers and this, that. You could be doing fun, quirky backstage segments. You could have been doing that while they were on the bench and, and, and getting people to laugh with her. You know, everybody loved Hurricane because he did this quirky, goofy stuff and he was funny and he was entertaining. And yes, he wasn't treated seriously in the ring, but there's no reason why you couldn't have Nikki be funny and quirky and then have her also be a badass in the ring because she is. Again, blurred lines. Let's get out of the you're this, you're this, or you're this. Look at Big E. He's everything. He's mad when he wants to be met, when he's supposed to be mad. He's joyful when he's supposed to be joyful. He's a complete clown. When he, when he wants to be, he's everything. And he's a fantastic WWE champion. Nikki ASH, she can show different kind of levels too. She doesn't have to be, oh, well, Rhea Ripley is so much bigger and stronger than me, so I must be shit. <laughs> no! That's not how it works. All right. Stop it. Your three-minute rant became a six-minute rant, but that's yeah, fine. That uh, I know. This is why the show's 90 minutes every week, because I don't <laughs> 
Becky Lynch defeats Liv Morgan, a very competitive main event. The first time women have main evented Monday Night Raw in quite some time, and a lot of people are making noise about that, celebrating a certain uh, kind of uh, synchronized uh, anniversary with the famous uh, Raw main event with Lita and Trish Stratus back in 04. Uh, so uh, this one lines up. Competitive match. I thought this was a damn good main event for Monday Night Raw. Now, the ratings were rough because they went up against the biggest Monday Night Football game of the year, and they got trounced, which I almost think was expected. Uh, but still not great. But, 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 lots of butts. Baby got butts. Um, I, I thought this was a fun match. Great showing for Liv. Becky Lynch got, pot, got past her. But the idea is, I think Liv Morgan got a lot out of this, even without, you know, defeating Becky for the title. Yeah, that, and that was the point. I know a lot of, man, again, I go back on Twitter. I spent too much time on Twitter. Uh, but still, follow me uh, if you were on Twitter. I do spend a lot of time on Twitter. But I'm seeing so many because they did that great hype package for Liv Morgan where they yeah. took uh, clips from uh, her documentary. Uh, one of the more uh, infuriating documentaries you would watch on Peacock if you haven't watched it uh, just for everything that she's gone through and, you know, the treatment that she's gotten creatively. You know, they, they pull these clips with her mom and how she, you know, her dad's proud of her and this, that, and everything. They give her all this huge hype package and really for the first time, really for the first time treat her like a damn star a damn star that she is then she goes out there her first main event her first title match ever she goes out there she puts on a great match with becky lynch could it have been better yeah there were a couple little slips here or there i thought the crowd really disappointed me i thought they were dead for no reason whatsoever um but three hour show whatever memphis screw you guys you you guys could have got some hype for a really really good match here come on where's that and, memphis then, and then becky there was a moment there at the end. I thought Liv was going to get her. I really, really did. And I saw a lot of people before this match going with everything they just did for Liv. She's got to win it. She's got to win this tonight. They got to win. She did. They, there's no way that they're going to put this video package up there and not have Liv Morgan win the raw women's championship. And I'm going guys, you think Becky Lynch is dropping the raw women's title on a random raw in December. You are effing crazy. And that's okay because now was not the right time for Becky Lynch to drop the raw women's championship. It's just not. She is in the she is in this 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 realm of of Roman Reigns at this point, where every day that she has been active since WrestleMania 35, she has been the champion. So whomever beats her, whomever finally takes that title off of her, that's a making moment. That should happen at a pay-per-view. That should happen at a big event, not a random event in, in December where only 1.5 million people watch it. So the timing was not right. For Lynn Morgan. Should she get another shot? Absolutely. Absolutely. Probably going to happen at day one. You know what? Maybe I'd even push it off. Maybe Liv Morgan wins the Royal Rumble this year. And that progresses her forward. And I think that's where a lot of people get concerned. And that's why people wanted Liv Morgan to win this matchup. Because they're like, well, it's WWE. They don't always follow through on this kind of stuff. So maybe this is Liv Morgan's only shot. And it may be. And it shouldn't. And that's where I'm hoping that WWE does follow suit here. But Becky winning was absolutely the right call in the moment because it wasn't the time to put the title on Liv Morgan. What I will say, though, is I'm getting a little bit, a little bit tired of Becky rolling up and grabbing, grabbing the bottom rope to win matches. She's better than that. She doesn't, she shouldn't, I understand protecting Liv Morgan and putting her over in defeat. Oh, Becky had to cheat to be a, beat Liv Morgan. Okay, that's great. I understand that. But she's done it to, to beat Charlotte. She's done it to beat Bianca. She's, Eventually, Becky Lynch should be, you know, beating people because she's Becky freaking Lynch and she's better than a lot of people. That, that I, I'm, 
I, I hate when they turn people heel and then they always have to cheat to win. Like Roman Reigns should not have to cheat, you know, to, to beat Finn Balor. He shouldn't have to cheat to beat Kevin Owens or some, or some of these other guys. So, um, yeah, it, 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 that, that kind of thing infuriates me a little bit. I'm a little tired of the, the super roll up, grab the bottom rope. Cause how many times sooner or later, the ref's going to, the ref's got to be like, Oh, Becky's near the ropes. She's got to roll up. Got to look for her to grab the to grab the arm there. So I think it's a move that they're doing a little too often now. Zia Lee will make her long-awaited debut on SmackDown. They've been really putting the engine behind her as this new character, the Protector, getting animated vignettes, which I think look really great. I don't, yeah, they look Fantastic. very, they're oh. beautiful. Kind of predicting her as kind of like a almost like a Batman type character, like an avenging protecting type superhero a darker version of what nikki ash is doing uh i thought that was a good take she will make her debut you got to talk with her this week that yeah, written yeah. interview will be on sportskita.com so. it's up now okay up right now it's up there just go to sportskita.com search Lee, or you can go to my my twitter page mm-hmm. go to my twitter at ricky chino it's up there it's the pinned tweet right now um yeah no i got to sit down with her uh tuesday night talk to her for uh for a few minutes in what I was told was her first English interview she's ever okay. done. Uh, so uh, a lot of weight on my shoulders on that one. Uh, <laughs> I thought it went really well. Uh, I made her cry, which I have a habit what? of What? What did you do, Rick? Doing, I have a habit Rick, of doing what did it, you man. do? She is so sweet, man. She okay. is. She is. I cannot accurately write. And I cannot accurately describe how much Friday night means to her and how hard she has worked for this and the, the trials and tribulations that she has gone through. And, you know, no article I write because I'm not that good of a writer is going to accurately portray that. And I even said that in the article, I was like, look, the, the range of emotions that she, she went from jumping up and down and going smack down. Yeah. I'm so excited. This, that, and the other thing to, you know, talking about her five-year journey coming over here, you know, she tried out, Open tryout in China. She was one of seven signees. She came over, the only woman signee to come over to the United States. She left her entire family behind, her entire life behind uh, in China to come over here and has gone through developmental, has gone through uh, NXT, um, and now is finally going to be you know, debuting on SmackDown, going through all the mental and physical ups and downs, the struggles, the the language barrier issues. Mm-hmm. That, that's a big thing, um, which is why... You know, the, we, we didn't do this on videos because, you know, there is a, a language. It's not fair. Uh, it's not fair to her. It's not yeah, fair yeah. To and, yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot more that I wish I could have shown from that because, you know, when you see her talk about, you know, the, the five years being, you know, in the United States and now she's getting to be, you know, on SmackDown and she's like, you know, her family's going to get to watch her on Fox and all of the people who have helped her along the way she had some really great things to say about sasha banks as well that's going to make you appreciate sasha all that much more as a person uh let alone as a performer um man i'm rooting for her i i really really am she is uh she is a um just a fantastic person from the time that i got to talk with her i'm really happy that i got that that moment to share with her and yeah she got very very emotional talking about what this debut means for her and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to it she said this this protector character is one that she's had a lot of input on stuff that she's drawn from from her real life this this is her uh, lifestyle on display here i get a very kill bill sense here it's almost like the bride mixed with oren ishii i'm uh, down dude love yeah, one, of, and, one of the best action movies of all time 
and we want to talk about baby faces. She's the ultimate baby face, the protector, Zia Lee. She preys on the vultures and, and takes out the oppressors. That's what SmackDown freaking needs, baby. Give me that up against Charlotte Flair as opposed to a pie-throwing contest, all right? It ain't hard. I'm hoping I'm rooting for her. I'm hoping after everything that she's been through that this main roster run is, is, is successful for her because you have to look at this, by the way. Look where she was drafted, man. She was drafted in the third round on day two ahead of people like Finn Balor, ahead of Kevin Owens, ahead of Sami Zayn, ahead of Liv Morgan. Um, somebody else in the women's division. WWE wants to, they want, they, when they invest in somebody, people say, oh, they don't really care. They don't, this is, look at this. This is a five year. There was a lot of money. You're talking about four or five different animated things that were done just to prepare for this. And a lot of movement put behind one character. So I I like it. The promos were great. They did one last week where she was like getting like assaulted like a park or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the armed robbers. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really great storytelling. And uh, I'm excited. They did some of this with Malachi before he went over to AEW. Right, exactly. Um, Um, And But I hope it isn't the same way. Right now, I'm on the ride. I enjoy it. I want to see the protector. I want to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, after getting to talk with her for 10 minutes, again, the article's up now. Uh, you, know, you can read some of her quotes there. Uh, but man, I uh, I wish I could have done a better job of portraying, you know, the the emotion that she had there. That was good. Stuff. Let's get into this. WWE is uh, obviously gone on some massive structural changes <laughs> with the releases. That wasn't just we're letting people go. Uh, and no, no, no. They're doing something with a completely different new approach and uh, swerving their focus towards getting younger talent that relates to a younger audience on camera. All right. And getting people that maybe are slightly a couple years younger than some teenagers now and making those teenagers who are 15 or 16, a new generation of WWE fans. And this is in play with recent, recent changes in college sports and how those athletes are regulated within division one, division two schools. Uh, And this is the name and likeness law that has changed now that allows college athletes to sell their name and likeness and do endorsements uh, and do different things. There's been some college athletes now who can sign a deal with Gatorade or Nike and and make significant amounts of money before they ever get to the major uh, level of sports and also, you know, pay for their college education and and have a lifestyle that is appropriate with their notoriety. Uh, SP three is jumping. Hang on. No, 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 no. Just wait. Just let him you finish my topic here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll finish this topic. He he's, uh, he's tagging in for the next topic here. Okay, Okay. cool. So, uh, it's very interesting here. Crop of different people. I'm not going to go into their individual names. They did, uh, bring in a new pair of twins, the Cavender twins, who are in a basketball program uh, who have 3.8 million followers on social media who are already a kind of social media darlings. Everyone's saying they're going to have new Bella twins and all this different stuff. They have a seven foot five, 400 pound lineman from a college program. So you have some people that are opting to sign with WWE as a plan for after college, then the NFL, uh, which is kind of surprising that WWE is doing. What do you think of this? This is a different thing for WWE to do. It's a much more open, transparent way of saying we're recruiting from college colleges right now. It's, it's smart. It's brilliant. And anybody who says that this, this, that WWE is, is wrong in doing this or their pro this program is going to fail. You're not paying attention to where WWE superstars come from. Yeah. I, I saw somebody on Twitter, Again, this is like my third example of why social media sucks today. Uh, but I saw somebody hit up Alex McCarthy of the of Talk Sport, 
uh, and say that this program sucks. Uh, you're you, Al, come on, Alex. Alex was putting over the the the, the next in line program is what they're calling mm-hmm. it. Another name um, for NIL. Alex was putting it over. Is a good idea. Says so is really cool. And this guy's like, Alex, this is crap, man. This isn't gonna work. Uh, you're you're on the wrong team, brother, man. The, the, this is this is ter- this that and the other thing. And I was just like, what the hell are you talking about? And I chimed in and I'm like, oh, so this program's a bad idea. It's gonna fail, right? Like, man, I, you know it's- what, man? You might be right. You might be right. I can't think of one collegiate athlete who came into wwe and became a star like who though other Rick? than other than the rock oh. other than kurt angle oh other than roman reigns oh biggie oh bianca belair oh brock lesnar oh and about a half, three dozen others this oh. is exactly where wwe superstars come from this is a brilliant idea and the fact that you can it's recruiting is what it is. It's it's college level recruiting. It's you can pay these kids to be your next superstars. You're already bringing in. Uh, I, I I don't know their actual name, so I'm calling them the Bella Twins 2.0. Uh, you can bring them in who have 3.8 million followers, people who are already popular, people whose journey they will follow in, in WWE and want to see them in NXT or whatever brand shows up. Mm-hmm. Bring in these world-class athletes who maybe you can groom to become superstars. People like Braun Strowman. This is exactly what they did. They brought in this, this huge monster of a man, this, this athlete, and they turned him into a world champion. This is what WWE does. Do you also have these people like CM Punk and Johnny Gargano and Daniel Bryan who come from the indie scene and are, are world-class professional wrestlers and have been training for 10 years to do this? Yes, but it's not the only place that you get your talent. This is a really smart, a really, really cool thing. Uh, that that WWE is doing, and you know, not everyone is going to to pan out, be successful at this. No, but even if they get two or three superstars, That's everything this, in life, though, it's everything again, in life. This is, this is WWE investing in the next generation of top level superstars. I don't agree with everything that they're doing, and I think that they really sacrificed a lot of the now before the the future was ready. Mm-hmm. Again, because now you're running into these issues on, on SmackDown, especially now with Jeff Hardy being gone. You don't have a lot of challengers for Roman Reigns. It would have been really smart to hang on to some of the talent you let go. But they're building for the future. They obviously have a plan in place. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm I, I'm looking forward to seeing what, the, what some of these people can do. Now, speaking of the future, mm-hmm. speaking of the future of wrestling, all I'm going to say is one thing and one thing only. And I'm going to let my man SP3 run loose. Mm-hmm. They're sending Hook, my man. They're sending him down. <laughs> Hashtag Hook Gang. I am here because they they said send for Hook. So the number one hooker on wrestling YouTube had to speak. I had people tagging me on social media, telling me that they could hear me pop. When that announcement happened, when they announced the debut, the pro wrestling debut of a future AEW world champion, a future AEW TNT champion, a future FTW champion, a future AEW world tag team champion with Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs, America's heartthrob, Merc, America's heartthrob, (laughs) Hook. Like guys, 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 like like you know. Yes, uh this is this know. is following up news. Hook, the son of Taz, 
who has been present on AEW television for over a year, but is not, he's gotten physical, you know, uh, and he's taken bumps and stuff like that, but he hasn't wrestled a match. Hasn't even done anything on dark, uh, but his debut match will be on cable television uh, against Flago del Sol. Uh, this will be his debut uh, there. He is quite the social media darling says very, very little, but has some very vocal fans behind him and has created a little bit of buzz here. Uh, Sid, explain it to me. I, I watch AEW. I enjoy it. You're, you're saying hooker stand up. Um, what is the appeal with this guy? And where, where is this? Is it just a meme thing? Explain it to me. It's the hair. You know, it's the like, hair. You know, the 80s. How many, let's be frank. 80s, how, many, how many younger fans attracted to a handsome guy with, with cotton candy soft hair coming out there and abs that you could, you know, grind a piece of soap on, right? Like, so how many, how many fans who are turning in, you know, or macaroni in the pot, as as one of the greatest artists of our time has said, are are tuning in just because they want to see themselves a dreamboat. Like the eighties had Corey Feldman, they had the introduction, <laughs> they had Zach Morris, Mike Seaver, uh the nineties. I mean, nineties had a bunch of them. The nineties had Luke Perry, you know, Luke Perry, Luke Perry was America's heartthrob. Dylan McKay, everybody what? wanted a little bit of the Dylan McKay. The two Beverly Hills nine hundred two. Whoa. The the, the two thousand. Hey, by the way, his son is already in AEW. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The there's, 2000s, a lot, there's a lot of people that like him just because he looks good. A lot of people like him. Had Chad Michael Murray. You don't know if you remember that name, Chad Michael cut. Murray. It's a deep yeah, reference it's a deep, there. Deep cut right there, but. 2021, 2022, until 2042, <laughs> until he's the old hook, the old man hook, where he's coming out with the with the no, no hand. He's when he actually has the, a hook, the peg. Yeah, he got the peg, and um, he's gonna come out with the wig and stuff. He's Still gonna hot. get eaten by a crocodile. Still hot though. I mean, oh. like he, he only has he'll have the he'll have a hook hand, but still gorgeous. I'm Still just gorgeous. so I'm just so excited. There, there's not that many stars that come into professional wrestling that just have that it factor. I think that's what is why... it though? Like, what is the you appeal? Can't say what it is. No one knows what it is, but you, you know you... when they have it. Exactly. You you can identify it factor when okay. you when you see it. Braun you can't define it. it. Braun yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I get I I get what you're saying. You know what I mean. But is it just something where they've waited so long for this that it's like if they just did this nine months ago and people were starting to like meme the hook name and say hooker stand up and all the different things you're saying, right? Because AEW is very social media influenced, like oh, like a lot, yeah, a lot, right? Because they listen to their fan base. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just, I'm just, I'm laying the circumstances out for somebody who's just like, what is the appeal? That's all I'm saying. You know, I'm not saying he's not going to be a success or I don't want him to be a success. I'm just saying, tell it to me. You know, like, like sell it to me. And you're selling me that here's, people are just into them. I want to know what the appeal is. You know, here's what I will hope here. Here's what I hope for the sake of Sid, for the sake of the entire internet and for the sake of, of hook himself. <laughs> I hope he can go. I don't Ooh. know if he can actually wrestle, but if he goes out there and it's a stinker on Friday. Oof. Yeah, Cause that's, that's the thing is like, he probably has unnecessary pressure on him that somebody wouldn't have debuting in this. It's hard enough to be the son of a great wrestler. Right. And debut. Now you have to be the son of a great wrestler and have this memeified, you know, social media, just everyone pile on thing that a lot of people in all elite love to do. Right. That's the thing. It's the thing. It's part of it. Right. Uh, and now you have to fulfill on just, not just one fold, but another one. It's, it's challenging. I, I, 
I mean, the best way I can describe this is, you know, like you said, a lot of people have come into professional wrestling, have been the son of professional wrestlers, and there's even some on national TV currently. Hook, in over a year, by just standing there in a white oh. beater and, and sneakers, has shown thousands more charisma than Dominic Mysterio being an in-ring competitor on WWE yeah. for over Sid, the past Sid, year. can you give me one second? I'm going to bring you right back here in one second. One second. Just give me one second. I just need to take you to stay right there. Rick, what the hell is he saying right now? <laughs> what the hell is he saying right now? You bring him in on this unscheduled segment? All right, hang on, Maria. No, Sid, why don't you finish your point? Go ahead there, bud. Here's the thing, man. He ain't wrong. I'm not, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Like, I respect Dominic Mysterio. I think he's he's actually very serviceable for where he is in his career in the ring. But as far as charisma, you either got it or you don't. And so far, Hook has shown more of that. I, I don't know, know how what he's going to do. I, I don't know, know how this little segment started with taking a shot of the guy who had one of the best debuts last year. Well, you he know, did. he did. He did. He did. He had, but he, he had did. a best debut because he got his ass kicked. Exactly. Like, it was great, though. That was a, was that great. was an in-ring match. There was nothing about the buildup or anything that they you're, did. You're saying that he pure had character. To show that he had to show any character or charisma. Yes. I see or, what you're saying. Or, or but that isn't something he has to more do, people, you know, more right people, now. More people talked about his sister than him. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And, but if you're going into Friday with mm -hmm. the expectations that you're going to see Hook be a five-star competitor, I guarantee you no one – that is a hook fan is going in expecting him to have a great match or show that he is a good wrestler or can go against Fiego del Sol in what will possibly be a three minute match. I'm sure we're going to be talking about maybe that. Maybe 35 seconds. Yeah, it might maybe be 30, that. He might kick Fuego in the face and then put him in a submission hold, and that might be it. Like in all seriousness, that might, it might be two moves and done. It might still be a little bit before we see, you know, Hook actually go. All, uh, in a wrestling ring. all I want to see is that pitch perfect dragon sleeper that he gave to CM Punk a couple of months back, or I want to see the Katahad Jemaine. I want to see that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that was it. I, I just wanted to bring in our main, uh, our main hooker correspondent, uh, SP3. <laughs> Uh, to close out the show here, because that is going to be a big moment. There's a lot of people who are excited. Uh, Hook was trending last night. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited. But I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I haven't fallen in love with the man like, you know, 50% of the wrestling world has. Uh, but I'm intrigued by him. I'm not against I'm not deterred. Him. I just don't get, like, why I, I this guy. I definitely do agree with, I definitely do agree with Sid. There is something about him that is There's something. There is something there. But I, it, it, for me, it's like, let me see it play out first, you know? Yeah. It's been a, for me that there's been you've been doing a trailer for a movie for a year. <laughs> so so like, all right, is you going to live up to the hype? Uh, that's fair. I'm just being objective. There's tons of things in all elite wrestling I know are great. And that's why I'm going to tune in. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that I don't understand. And maybe maybe I'm missing something here. But Taz last night before he made the announcement was talking about how he was pissed off that Dante Martin, you know, swerved him and mm -hmm. you know this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, so we're sending Hook against Fuego. How does that make it? <laughs> because this is his, is his debut. They're sending out a warning. Like oh, they're putting okay. Hook in the ring. They're going to make an example out of him. Exactly. Okay. Okay. What you okay. thought What you thought was just the muscle 
or the looks, whichever, each or, each or, whichever you're both. here, whichever you're here it's more for. Look, it's more looks than muscle, but I'm not he's, saying he's got, he's got both. He's ripped. He's got both. He's ripped. Did you see he's that render? Ripped. He's ripped. Oh, man. And you see those trunks? Oh, my God. The trunks. I can't can't wait for this entrance. I saw I saw a glimpse of it on social media yesterday. I can't wait for it. I'm going to be tweeting out all capital letters for the entire three minutes that he is in the ring. This might be the most the the must watch edition of Smack Talk tomorrow night. Or tonight, depending on where, or maybe it already happened, oh, depending on man. when you're watching. You're, you, 11.05, Friday Sid, night. You are rolling myself, the dice if he goes out here and this SP3, is just the thing. SP3 is going to, I, I know, I know it's all about Dutch on this show, but we're going to have to like carve out like 10 <laughs> minutes for like SP3 to just give us his full hooker breakdown. I'll have better signs too. I'll make better signs. <laughs> I'll, I'll get markers. Just That's go to Kinko's. Is Kinko's still a thing? I don't even know. Like, legit, I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, learn from me, all right, how to be, you know, a good a good hooker and a good husband because um, <laughs> learn from my example because when they made that announcement of Hook mm-hmm. debuting on Rampage, I popped so loud, my wife was like, you know you're sleeping on the couch tonight because you woke up the kids. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I'm here and this is why I represent. Sid, man, you got you got you got to learn the silent cheer, man. I I have learned it. I've been doing it. I've been doing it for 21, 22 months now. Both but... of you guys are both of you guys are fathers, right? And I am yeah. just a child myself, right? But I do do Rick Rick will appreciate this. We're an hour plus in. I can do this. So like I'm on this microphone almost 24/7. Almost 24/7. Rick knows I do radio 5 days a week. I was trying to do radio earlier today so when we had to do our thing, right? But I have a roommate who has heard me say the phrase 1049 the X 1500 times right through this wall. <laughs> you know, like he's heard me say, like, you just heard Pearl Jam. And he's like, I never want to hear Pearl Jam again. <laughs> you know, like, like so, so, so I can imagine the domestic unrest that you have, you have unfolded upon yourself with the debut of young uh, Taz Jr hook uh so let, let's I, I i think it's it, i like the idea that some fans just say we're just going to get behind this guy because we want to get behind him you know and we've seen that happen in wwe and someone benefits from it eventually zach Ryder found a way to make an audience get behind him and has made something out of it so uh, I, my thing is i'm like i just want to see it live up to the hype let's li- let's just live up to the let's, let's live up to the hype that, that's all uh, i'm saying real quick i just gotta say i will never forget wrestlemania 35 one o'clock in the morning monday my girl, Becky Lynch, in the main event, and I have a six-month-old daughter who is sleeping 20 feet behind me. Believe no. you me, I had no. to master the silent scream that night, okay? <laughs> it also helped that I was one not 100% sold that that was the actual finish, so I'm kind of more like, what the fuck? That was it? And then I'm like, oh, my God, that was fucking it. Anyway, uh, so. I mean, I-, I did the silent scream for uh, Danielson and Cole's debut and the Punk debut. So, you know, the announcement of Hook debut and she had, she, oh, I was due one. I was due one of those. When Edge came back at the Royal Rumble, I slipped. When Edge came back at the Rumble, I slipped. And Sarah was sleeping on the couch. She was taking a nap. And she woke up to me. And she just shot daggers at me. And she's like, your daughter wakes up. I don't give a damn about this. <laughs> You're back there. I'm like, she's good. She's got her sound machine on. It's fine. <laughs> Let me enjoy this. Let me yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. My, 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 my wife blames me for not liking wrestling anymore. So. <laughs> If you haven't done already, if you're watching the video version of it, maybe you're an audio person as well. You can subscribe to the Sports Key to Wrestling 
podcast feed available on Apple, Spotify, all the different apps on that feed. Just like you have in our video channels, you're getting Dutch Mantel every Friday night with Rick and Sid covering SmackDown and Rampage. You get bro Vince Russo covering Monday Night Raw every Monday night, uh, plus exclusive interviews. We may have one with a big WWE name in the next week or two. Uh, keep an eye on that. Plus, you have our top story of the day five days a week. So literally hours of audio, just like we have video on that channel as well. Thank you to people who put us on the charts in Canada, in the Philippines, in Great Britain, and of course in the United States. We're so, so thankful for you guys for doing that too. Uh, if you're listening, go ahead and give us a five-star review as well. And if you're watching on all the different video apps, hit the like button subscribe we're we're marching towards twenty four thousand. it'd be great if we get to twenty five thousand before the end of the year on youtube go ahead and subscribe to us there as well and everyone on facebook i know a lot of people watch on facebook as well thank you so much thank you guys so, so much for enjoying the show here um you can follow them gentlemen do your pluggy plugs oh yeah at ricky chino r-i-c-k-u-c-c-h-i-n-o on the twitter machine and yeah, that's where I'm at. Check out my interview with Zia Lee, uh, print only, up on uh, Sportskeeda Wrestling, uh, not the YouTube channel, up on sportskeeda.com. No video on this one, uh, just print only. It's 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 pinned on my uh, social media page on Twitter, so uh, go check that out, please. Uh, yeah, and you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. Uh, you can also see me on Wrestling Daily YouTube channel every Monday and Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. UK, and the True Hill Heat youtube channel that's the home base every saturday 11:05 a.m eastern time our weekly podcast and of course smack talk right here on the sports kita wrestling youtube channel and my written work on sportskita.com if you want to see his uh his hooker review tomorrow night 11:05 sports kita wrestling youtube twitter facebook be there Hook, limited hooker pun. central hooker central <laughs> Uh, limited puns, but everyone's still enjoying it. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting the show. You, you watched nearly an hour and 20 minutes of us chatting about wrestling. I am thankful you spent that time with us. That That, that is something we don't uh, take for granted. Thank you so much. We hope you guys are staying safe. Get your booster shots. Take your test. Be safe with the holidays coming up yet. We have a lot of great content coming for you guys before the end of the year and a whole lot more after that. So remember, when you come to us, we're fans just like you. Get on the old virtual couch with Sports Keto Wrestling. The seat's always warm for you. And remember, when watching wrestling, do the most important thing, which is what? Rick Uchino. Enjoy Hook. Hook is stand up! <laughs> All right. <laughs> We'll see you guys. We'll see you. <laughs>